Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers and we're very lucky today because we have John Henshaw uh, with us. John, introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the co-founder of Raven Tools, which was created about 10 years ago, <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. And uh, recently it was purchased by a company called TapClicks, uh-huh. which is an enterprise uh, marketing operations platform. So they do more kind of high-end reporting Uh compared to what Raven does and they really liked the reporting and what we were doing at Raven and and saw it as a perfect match so so now I am the director of digital marketing at TapClicks which which kind of manages the marketing for for Raven and TapClicks and that's quite a recent development isn't it was that that was earlier this year yeah it was earlier this year it was um, technically around March And, and then we kind of put the word out around April. There's a couple of things I really want to talk with you about. I definitely want to talk to you about Raven Tools because it's one of one of my beloved SEO tools. Well, I've that's good to hear. I've used that's it good for many hear. years. And, and I also want to know a little bit more about TapClicks as well. But first of all, Raven Tools. I, I really want to know the story. What was the story behind it? How did it all come up, come about? Because oh. for listeners, if you haven't come across Raven Tools, it's a toolkit of multiple tools, really, that help you understand the the kind of search engine optimizationness of your site and give you a whole suite of insights into how many backlinks you have so that's other sites linking to you um, and they also there's a brilliant kind of auditor on there that, that kind of screens your whole site finds broken links and missing titles and you know all those things if you've ever looked at search engine optimization particularly on page optimization very very good for and then it's got other other things in it like you can sort of monitor building out your links as well can't you and, yeah you can uh, it, it 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 is a kind of all-in-one kind of tool set yeah. and reporting well, yeah reporting well. is kind of the key yeah, yeah, yeah the key component yeah. um, so how did it all come about so we were an agency mm-hmm. and we were creating what is now called link bait yeah before i think the term was ever even used uh-huh. and as an agency uh, i was doing sales and, mm-hmm. and bringing a new business and i needed a tool mm to kind of help me to, you know, something that could be automated and I could do a lot of. And so... Were you going blind using various spreadsheets and tabs and multiple tabs on your browser, pulling it all together? I was, but in in this case, it had to do with wanting to tell somebody that their site sucked. Right. (laughs) That their site was awful. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to automate that process. I mean, I wanted to be able... I, I know technically you know, the things that would need to be fixed and that type of thing. But I, I wanted to make it so that I could just kind of run a script. Yeah. It would parse the page and yep. then and then basically say, these are the things that are wrong with it. And it was essentially kind of what HubSpot's website grader was when mm-hmm. they made it. But mm-hmm. it was before that. It came before that. It was very, very similar. I I wonder, you know, in the back of my head, I wondered, did they copy that, you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it was called the SEO Analyzer. Mm-hmm. And... And it and it was just one of those things where you just plop in a, a homepage, and it would spit out a report. Well, it was so useful to me. I was like, hmm, you know, this is, I bet we could get some attention and some mm-hmm. links mm-hmm. if we gave it away. So we gave it away, <laughs> and it was crazy. So back this back in the day, if you're older like us and have yeah. been in the in the, in the industry for a while, 
people used to have all these badges on the footer of their pages and it would be like oh my site validates or it'd be a little score it was very very popular mm -hmm. internationally mm -hmm. and the footer they'd have all these little badges so so we we came up with a score you know zero to 100 score and 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 they would uh, have these badges that they could put on their site like i got a whatever score on the site name which is the name of the company mm -hmm. uh seo analyzer and i mean we had tens of thousands of people using it and putting um, the badges on their site and of course back then when the algorithm was simpler mm -hmm. we were ranking like crazy oh, i bet and and so uh so that was great yeah and and so then we created what i believe is the the first web-based rank tracker mm -hmm. and it was called cert tracker mm -hmm. and and then we made two other tools and so we had these four tools and we had them all on amazon web services we were actually in their private beta when they before they were even publicly available but then we started to see the bill huh. from them and we were just a boutique you know agency <laughs> and, and we started and it was working really well but it was also really expensive yeah. so we started to see our aws bill and we're kind of like, we can't afford this. <laughs> we can't keep this up. We can't keep giving it away. I guess you're paying for all that. Data, paying right? for all of it. And I'm giving it, and we're giving it away. Tens of thousands of people. Right. Whoa. So, mm. so it had sort of surpassed our budget. <laughs> Suddenly you realize the internet isn't so free, right? Someone's yeah, paying yeah. for it somewhere. It's interesting. Well, and unfortunately back then, particularly for SEOs, mm. part of the reason why you get into SEOs because you don't like paying for ads. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you want free yeah. you want to you want your tools to be free and yeah. you want your traffic to be free yeah. so the idea of getting an seo to pay you for something <laughs> was actually quite difficult back then so i think so, it's still quite hard now oh, it's probably yeah it's still very it's still quite hard now but now most people yeah. like rely you know they'll yeah. pay for some tools so, I, I went around the booths at brighton seo uh when when i last attended and literally i was just going how much how much? Oh, I know. It's thousand pounds a month. Whoa! De depending on yeah. who you talk to, some of the tools. They have some really serious. Pricey, they? Yeah, they have yeah. some serious yeah. tools. That, or at least they're proud of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're worth that, but they're definitely <laughs> proud of them. That's what my dad always would say. Is, yeah. is something that was like maybe overpriced. He's like, well, they're very proud of what, what they have. <laughs> I'm not as proud about it, but so you know, we kind of racked our brains and we we're just like, what would we pay for? I mean, we, we we just looked in the mirror and we we're like, what would I pay for? Yeah. And the conclusion we came to, the answer we came to was that our biggest pain point was managing the data from our link builders mm -hmm. because everybody was doing something different. So back to your point of a bunch of spreadsheets mm -hmm. and this and that. Mm -hmm. And then it was also getting all the data like your analytics for your site and stuff. Everything at that time was manual for everybody, including us. And it was very, very frustrating. And it took a, a lot of man hours to try to put those things together and it's cost. The APIs weren't there or if they were not necessarily documented and only being used by the companies that were building They were kind of in yeah. their infancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we had access to some of them, but it uh, still it wasn't easy for anybody to act to to just use an API. Now it's very easy. You even have services that make it easy to pull in data from APIs. So back then it was very difficult, it was very time consuming and costly, especially to any agency our size or any other agency. And so that is where Raven was born. Mm -hmm. and, and it was basically, you know what? We would pay for a magic button mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a tool that would just, that everybody, all the link builders could use to yeah. just centralize all their data. To make the pain go away. To, yeah. to make the pain go Give away. Give me space to think about what I'm doing rather than pulling it all together. Yes. Yeah. That's really what it's yeah. all about. And, and to save money. I mm -hmm. mean, it's just the amount of time and effort that went into 
collecting and aggregating and producing a report that actually made sense and was true, you know, to your client. And if you're an agency, you have many clients mm -hmm. and that, you know, quadruples your time. Mm -hmm. So we, we built it mm -hmm. and we launched it and everybody hated it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. So they hated our first version of right. it. And, and, uh, and so that was, you know, that was obviously frustrating. What, what was that? What was that? What was there not to like? What did they hate? Um, was it the cost? So, <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was not the cost. It was priced like super cheap when we launched right. it. The, the reason why was because we were missing a few key components. Right. We got lucky mm -hmm. in that the right agencies, mm -hmm. both actually in the UK and the US, mm -hmm. saw what we were trying to do. And they actually reached out to us. These are kind of bigger agencies. And they said, it's close, but you need to do That's this. That's exactly yeah. what they said. Wow. And, and they were like, we don't want to build it ourselves. We don't have the resources. You've mm -hmm. already like, you're almost there. Yeah. And so they worked with us for about six to nine months mm -hmm. to get what was missing. And what mm -hmm. was missing was we were kind of missing some reports. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't, at the time, we didn't really have true multi-user capability. And they were just like, it's really important for us to everybody have their login, mm -hmm. their own login. Uh, a few white label things. Mm -hmm. and, and so after about nine months and working with them, we relaunched it. Mm -hmm. And it was way the acceptance was much better yeah. <laughs> than, than what we had before and and then really it was three years of just hoofing it i mean just hustling and my, myself personally just going to every show and trying to get to know everybody i could and mm -hmm. you know just the tried and true method of of uh just being out there and getting to know the right people and trying to get on the speaking circuit you know so people yeah. can get to know who you are yeah. and, and know your brand. And, uh, also a series of just, you know, as you make more money and you get mm -hmm. more customers, you, mm -hmm. you take that money and you put it back yeah. into either internally with your company to add more resources or you sponsor. And I would say the turning point for Raven was maybe like, Oh, nine or 10, mm -hmm. 2010 or something like that. And, uh, this is a story a lot of people don't know. Okay. This is this is sort of like, a, oh, really? That happened? We were at this place where, you know, we were growing. It was it was good. I mean, it was healthy. But, I mean, it wasn't amazing. And, and we just had so much money in the bank. And we felt like the time was right to just take a really big risk. And that risk was to be like the major sponsor of PubCon in Las Vegas, which is the big the biggest show, particularly back then at the Pub, time. PubCon. Yeah, PubCon is is a It's nothing to do with drinking beer. It, it has it, everything to it? do with drinking it's beer. It's like a British pub. It's how yeah. it was started. Yeah. Right. It's, it's oh, okay. it started it's really publication conference. Well that's what I was assuming. Right. Yeah. But it started in in uh, bars when SEOs were just meeting talking about things. Right. Um, and it just became PubCon, but it's a, mm -hmm. it's a very, it's a longstanding, uh, big event in the States. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the, and they, they do a couple now, but the biggest one is always in Las Vegas and it's several thousand people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we decided to just basically spend all our money, like literally spend all our money. And it, and it was, it was a do or die thing. It, it was wow. sort of like, if this doesn't work, yeah. I think we're in trouble. So what, what year was that? I think I think it was like oh nine or ten or something. Wow. Yeah, I mean it was it was a while ago, huh? and and uh, but it was a huge risk. I mean I was scared to death, but but 
it was like a psychological ops type thing. It was like a psyops marketing yep. approach. And and what we wanted to do was we were just we wanted to we wanted everybody to believe that we had made it. Mm-hmm. That that they're gonna see our logo everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have our entire team. We literally brought everybody. I mean, just <laughs> everybody. <laughs> I mean, they were everywhere. You could not not see a raven person every man and his dog yes yeah. i mean it, it really was and and it was overwhelming mm-hmm. in a, a good way mm-hmm. for us and and that and so the message we wanted to convey was sent mm-hmm. and and uh we wanted people to think that we had arrived and and if you weren't using us there's probably something wrong with you <laughs> i mean i mean that's really what we were i mean that's what we we're going for yeah. and and it worked yeah and and after that point in time, uh, I mean, we experienced 10% month over month growth for like a good three years. I mean, it, it was wow. like, it was crazy, yeah, yeah. crazy growth. And of course, as that happened, um, everybody took notice. Yeah. I mean, because they saw we were going like crazy. And and uh, and then you just started to have, I swear it got to the point where there was a new competitor entering the space. It felt like weekly. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, it's almost comical. It's like, and now's this, and now's that one, and now yeah. here's another one, yeah. and um, because people were like, oh, there's money to be made yeah. in this in this thing. So, so I would say, you know, that was kind of our heyday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things started to get difficult for us um, around the time, like uh, near the end of 2012, mm-hmm. and and that was where a lot of things kind of it was like a perfect storm mm. of things. Mm. Uh, because we used to be an agency, mm-hmm. we were doing the work, and and that affected how we built our tools and what we were building mm-hmm. in a really positive way. So at this time, the agency's still going along. No, no. Right? So no. so so we had stopped that and went 100 mm-hmm. um, percent uh, software. Uh, part of the reason for that was because we literally started to see ourselves competing against bids with our own customers. Ah, okay. And I, I, well, I, not only awkward, but I, I didn't think it was ethical for us to have our customers data, very sensitive link building data Mm -hmm. and be competing against them for link building. So for ethical reasons, not that I ever would, but I can't control a desperate link builder on my team who might find a way to get access to the information. So no I, I, I wanted to... Eat. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> no I wanted, one can control that desperate link builder. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, true. it's yeah. true. Yeah. So I, I wanted to uh, eliminate that yeah. um, as even a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the best decisions we ever made. Mm-hmm. So, except for, mm-hmm. which is what I was going to talk about, which mm-hmm. was just that I, I think when we stopped doing that ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, we started to lose a little bit you know, lose touch with what's the latest, greatest, and what should we be doing? Mm-hmm. I think coupled with that, and this is a, we, we eventually, you know, corrected ourselves with this, but there was a good period of time where I think whether you call it contentment or maybe just thinking too much of yourself, thinking you're awesome and everything you do is magical, mm-hmm. um, took over us for a little while. Mm-hmm. And we just thought whatever we make, people are going to love. And, and I think, so I think, uh, we stopped listening to our customers for a little while. I mean, and by not stop listening, I mean, as in didn't reach out to them, uh, to make sure that we were building the right thing or what, right, or what they needed. Yeah. 
That's what I mean by that. Yeah. And, and so, see, but it is hard, isn't it, when you're riding that wave of success? It's so busy all of the, the time. And the tendency, the natural tendency, no matter how, you know, ethically proficient you are, mm-hmm. is to just believe, no, everything's good. Everything's good. I don't need to put time into that. You know, why worry, why worry about that plate that's spinning perfectly? Right. You, and you convince yourself that all the plates are spinning perfectly. I don't need to, I don't need to worry about them. That you is, a, that is exactly what it felt like. Mm. Mm. And, and, um, I prefer your description of it than mine because mine is, is much darker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, give, give mine yours. is more yeah. like I just got full of myself, you know, or whatever. Right. I mean, like I look at it almost more, in a more negative way, but, but the way you say it is more true in a sense that it certainly wasn't conscious. I mean, in other words, it was more of just, we got busy I, well, and, I and, spent... and we just quit talking directly to yeah. our customers for the stuff yeah. because we felt confident yeah, yeah. about what we were doing. Yeah. I think it's a really fascinating story of, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic case study on, on the pitfalls of success in a way, you know, for, for other people yet to, to tread that path, you know, be, being, keeping, we always say this as marketers, you have to walk in your customer's shoes all of the time. And actually mm-hmm. what's interesting for me is the very success you had was because you listened and you made changes. Correct. Uh, but that's something you constantly have, have to do no matter how good it seems. You that is constantly invested. That is the lesson I learned. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because, you know, I have friends in the industry or even people who aren't friends. I just kind of watch other, you know, companies yeah, yeah. Um, do their thing. And it's interesting being in my shoes after going through some of those things because I'm, I'm watching some of these companies make the same mistakes yeah. that we made. And, it, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's the company or it's the founder or the whatever where you start to see their head get a little big yeah. and they think they're a little better than they are yeah. and, and, uh, and can't make mistakes and, because, and right now they're floating on that success and I start to see them stop listening to other people because they think they are magical the, the, and they aren't. They believe that the thing is the thing. The thing is never the thing. Mm-hmm. It's the customer's. And their is. relationship with the thing. That's what that's what that's I'm exactly so what it is. I'm gonna chat at this point, I'm gonna take a short break, and I'm gonna challenge everybody listening to this. I want you to seriously just stop for a second and ponder how much are you listening to your customers and what they need, and how much are you just being carried along by the tide of stuff to do. Because I'm telling you, from my experience, there is gold every time, uh, both in both financially and in what you gain as, a, as an organization in, in actually listening and taking, taking time out to, to do that, no matter how successful or busy it seems. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now, but I just wanted to make that, that point. So, Raven Tools then. I, the, the one thing I really wanted to talk to you about was that the, there was a sticky, a sticky point. Yeah, we were almost there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very sticking or sticky point. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what, what happened. So that's part of that perfect storm. So I just kind of led up to we it were, as far as right, the whole right customer thing. Yeah. Right at the cusp. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so one day out of the blue, Google, uh, their AdWords department mm-hmm. decided to just not even call us up, just send us the nastiest email mm-hmm. and say that we were out of compliance with their AdWords API because mm-hmm. at that time we had finally moved into reporting for social and, right. and paid, not yeah, just yeah. SEO. Yeah, yeah. And they said that they were going to revoke access to their API if we didn't remove our anything that had to do with scraped 
data. Mm -hmm. And so we had two sources of scrape data at the mm -hmm. time. We were, we had switched over to authority labs for mm -hmm. our ranking data. Mm -hmm. And we were also using SEMrush's API for our research tool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which, and by the way, I mean, when I say this, it's like, Oh, I hated getting rid of these things, which yeah. is where this is leading. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and so we had to, uh, we struggled with this. I mean, we had so many internal debates. This was just, it was agonizing but coming they, to what we were going to have to do with this. I was a customer back then. Those were the features I really, really Oh, loved. I know. No, we, that was the beginning of it. Yeah. Even before Raven existed, yeah, it was yeah. all about the rank tracking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like everybody knew us as yeah. a rank tracking yeah. provider. Yeah. And there the, the weren't necessarily, you couldn't really get that easily within this whole suite of things as you, as you could with your, your tool. That was the, that was the I thing. thought we made it, Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would like to agree with you yeah. that I, it was awesome and yeah. I loved it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was good. So, so what do you do when faced with a decision like that? So you've got these killer features that you know all of your customers love and you have to pull the plug on them. Well, uh, first I want to say the decision, the reason why we made the decision to pull the plug on it was mm -hmm. because we didn't know if this was just an AdWords thing mm. or if this was a Google thing. Mm. And our concern was that at any time they could then next, like if we defied them, because mm. they are Google after all, mm. that they would then say, we're taking away Google Analytics API. Mm. And that to us was sort of like a, a death blow. Yeah. Um, the Google API had become so important yeah. to our customers yeah. for reporting that if we were to lose that, it's like... Mm. Horrible. Yeah. Um, so that's why we made the decision. Yeah. And and so what do you do <laughs> when you take away the core feature yeah. that everybody has come to know you for, yeah. um, other than cry? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you. I mean, a disruption doesn't get much more big than that. It was then. huge. <laughs> yeah. It was humongous, yeah. and it was so big that we lost half our of our customers yeah. within two to three months. Wow. That's how big it was. Yeah. Uh, and that was brutal. Yeah. Um. For, I would say that for myself, being an, a, a lifelong entrepreneur, mm -hmm. uh, you have to be an eternal optimist yep. and you can't be a quitter. You mm -hmm. can't quit. Mm -hmm. And there was no way we were going to quit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was sort of like, we're going to fight our way back and find something. The thing that ended up saving us was I had been working sort of like a skunk works like project on what is now known as the site auditor. Mm -hmm. And I had been working on it for a year with one of our developers and our, our lead designer. And it was just a passion project of mine. I'd been prototyping this. We had had like a working prototype. I just was like, this needs to be in the market. Like yeah, yeah. we need a web based auditing tool. Cause there really wasn't one that existed out there at the time. Yeah. And, and, and it ended up, I, I couldn't convince <laughs> anybody in the company to do it and when we, i think when we were finally at this sort of like desperate place and yeah. we were seeing people leave i it, they were like okay let's build it and they built it and it became our most popular tool ever and it ended up bringing more customers to us than we'd ever had ever in the history of the company so so i, I mean i went on a bit of a journey with that particular product and do, do you know what one of the best things i think you did was you wrote to everybody and explained what was happening you, you, we you, did our you, best. You, you did, you did. You kept, and, and I, I remember reading that email that came in uh, first thing in the morning. 
I came into my email box and it was there and it's like, oh no, oh no, oh no. But the fact that you've been honest and shared with me exactly what was happening and laid out a plan of what you were going to be doing about it. Yeah. Kept me, kept me in the loop com- completely. That's good. I'm, I'm glad that's how you experienced it. Do you, do you know the other really weird thing was that it was like a, an actual email from you to, to me. It didn't come across as that. Yeah, you know, it was. Because it was, you uh, remained mm-hmm. true to, to that mm-hmm. to that customer mm-hmm. customer focus, and actually, I wasn't angry at you. I was ang- I was angry at what had happened. Really, it was kind of you know that was a, that was a good thing. So so the the auditor tool, mm-hmm. in terms of staying true to your original remit, which you shared with us earlier, which was to the the original tool was very much about pointing out. Problems and yeah, yeah the problems, S- yeah. the SEO analyzer by Sightney. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So the the auditor tool, and I I then went on to work with an agency uh, a few years later, and actually that auditor tool was one of the best tools in our bag in terms of when we had new clients come on, we could run the audits mm-hmm. and we could go to the client and say your baby is ugly, and this <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and his technically yeah, speaking, here are the photos. Ugly. Yeah, here technically the photos. ugly. Kind of what it, kind of what <laughs> right, it did. Right. Kind of what it did. And 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 yeah, it was it was uh, you know it used to to win people's trust and actually gave you all the key metrics and gave you a very clear idea of what needed needed doing. So yeah, so, yeah. It, it's a great tool. I mean, and I definitely consider that also my baby and, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love it. And, uh, and that's, that's exactly how most of our customers use it to this day. Um, uh, they actually use it as a pre-sales tool too. Yeah. So they like to run pers- prospective customers through exactly it. Exactly how we use it. Send, yeah, yeah, send in the thing. And then when they win the business, like you're saying, mm-hmm. then they use it as a workflow tool mm-hmm. to actually fix it and yeah. watch the score improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I really like it. It's, it. Again, it's just like the when we, after we launched Raven, it was successful. Same thing happened with Side Auditor. Since we launched it and people saw people wanting it and using it, now yeah. we've got all these other uh, competitors yeah. out there, big and small, and I and it, it just fascinates me. Um, you know, I mean, it's 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 interesting. I mean, there's definitely a need for it. Yes. Yeah. Well, otherwise, it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work to do. But you know, it's that, again, it's going for that magic button that that button that makes people's job. It is, easier. and that's what it was for. It was yeah. to be a magic button. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed that immensely. I did one last question on Raven. Why is it called Raven? This has <laughs> always always bothered me. So I love this story. Because I love I love I love the I love the, all the the branding around it. But why? Raven? I I love hearing that yeah. that 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 you do. Um, okay, so again, back in the day, uh, SEO. A lot of people didn't understand it, but what they did think of when they thought of SEO was like this like dark arts of internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing Mm -hmm. and so there's that and I always really like the there's um, at least in the US there is a publisher called O'Reilly and they they make like coding books and things Mm -hmm. and on all the covers they always have animals that are associated with like the programming language Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be I love that I I was like I can always know that this animal is related to this language I can scan the books and be like oh that's JavaScript yeah Um, Python (laughs) <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and they, or they have like an emu for something or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and so I really like that. And uh, I, I wanted something simple. I, I wanted something that people could remember. And, and so uh, Raven came to mind. And the reason why I picked Raven was because uh, of, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, Poe mm-hmm. and, and sort of this, the, the, the relation to the darkness. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, ravens and crows are also considered the smartest birds on the planet. Mm. So I like the the idea that this was like really intelligent software mm. uh, associated with the dark arts of SEO. Mm. Mm. And uh, and so that's that's where the name came about. That's why it kind of picked Raven. I just that just it just seemed to fit really well back mm. then. Mm. And then as far as the branding goes, uh, the visual, you know, logo mark. Uh, I my wife is a art director and graphic designer, and and so she's taught me a lot about what makes a good logo and mm-hmm. what makes a good brand that lasts for a really long time. Because mm-hmm. I definitely think our our brand has lasted a long time, at least visually. I mean, people it still feels relevant to today. It's mm-hmm. not like an old logo. Mm-hmm. And and so I actually went through a couple designers to get to what is today's you know for past 10 years is raven's logo mm-hmm. and and it was everything from it needs to work really well in one color it needs to be concise it needs to be bold it it you know all those different things and and that was um that's how it came about it was it was that background and i wanted it the logo to be a certain way and and it's worked out really well and, and i will say one of the things i'm proud of mm-hmm. At least I know I had an influence of this on in our industry is that before before our original t-shirt, all the t-shirts were awful. If you would go to a trade show, everybody was convinced you had to have your URL on it. Yeah. They were convinced you had to have all this crap yeah. on your shirt, which basically nobody wanted to wear. And I hated it. I hated it as like just a you know consumer as a I mean like yeah. somebody who would why you know want to wear that, and so I always told myself if I ever get the chance, yeah, to make a T-shirt for my own company, yeah. I'm going to do the opposite of that. I'm, I'm going to do what seems counterintuitive to every marketer that's out there, but I think is going to win for it's, us. It's almost a bizarre concept. Make a T-shirt that, that people, people want to wear. wear. How crazy is that? <laughs> it's like your mind just exploded. Where did you get that from? Yeah. So so we were the first people. Um, and I, I drove this uh, to just all we did was we put our logo on a oh and it wasn't just how we did it it was on what shirt we did uh, um, we did the American Apparel yeah. super soft t-shirt I mean something you could sleep in yeah, yeah. and then we just put our simple logo on the front it was just a black shirt with a white logo on the front nobody had ever done it before <laughs> and they went like hotcakes I mean they 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 and, 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 and everybody was wearing them at, at conferences. Yeah. Like everybody wanted them and then everybody was, and that's, that's what you want. That's like yeah. the magic thing there, which is, oh my goodness, I just went back to this conference and everybody's wearing my t-shirt yeah. because it's a cool looking t-shirt and it, and it doesn't have a bunch of crap all over it. <laughs> it doesn't have some URL on it because I knew that if it's within context, mm-hmm. particularly in our industry, mm-hmm. just with search and everything, they're going to find the site. I'm not worried about them finding the site. The right people are going to find the site. Mm. And if it looks cool and they want to wear it, they're going to wear it. And that's just free advertising for me. Mm. And, and it was great that going back to that uh, PubCon conference, mm. we, uh, we extended that. We actually started making new designs each year just for that conference. And we would have hundreds of shirts and people would stand in the longest line to get our shirt because it was so popular. My wife actually designed all those wow. and they looked really cool. Yeah. Always really simple, always, you know, just, and it was like PubCon and the year and, yeah. and people wanted it because it yeah. was a collector's thing. Yeah. 
and uh, and, we, like and we would be t-shirt. Like it was kind of like that, yeah. yeah. But we would be wiped out every single show, <laughs> wiped out. I mean, it would be the longest line. Everybody hated us. I mean, all the competitors and everybody hated us. They just hated <laughs> us. But we had tapped into something um, that nobody had tapped into yet, which was a desire for something that was a comfortable, looked cool, that was unique, that was special to the event, yeah. that didn't look crappy, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and that really worked well for us. It fitted around your customers' needs, didn't it? It did. Really. It, it did. Just a bit of feed, feedback. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of freebies at shows. But yes. I have to say, guys, you, you need to try harder at this because a lot of stuff I get, I would, I'd be too embarrassed to, to, to use. And I, think that, I don't think people, people think about that. It's all about, do you know what it is? It's all about them. It's a the, the it, thing that's exactly the it. Thing. That's exactly it. It's, it's all about, about them, them, not you. And yeah, if you're not get... thinking about, okay, if I'm going to give something away, it's not about me. It's about the person I'm giving it to. It's like a gift, isn't it? You wouldn't, you wouldn't buy some. You know, it's like the trade show equivalent of buying something that you love for your for right. your wife. Uh, I still regret buying my wife that <laughs> set of tires, but that's another. right, right, right. <laughs> that is a horrible <laughs> choice, by the way. That's another. That's another story. Well, I'll yeah. give you another example of of something where, to me, this is thinking about them, mm. but you're still getting your brand out there. And that is um, one of our other really popular t-shirts to this day. And I mean, we don't even promote our, the social tools on our on our uh, tool anymore, our app. Um, one of the most popular tools was when we, I mean, t-shirts was when we launched new social management tools mm-hmm. and we wanted to get the word out there. So we did a really simple t-shirt. It was just another black American Apparel t-shirt and it just had the text, I'm a social tool. <laughs> and, and, then, and then on the sleeve, we yeah. had our logo. We just had the simple Raven logo yeah, yeah. on the sleeve. I mean, it was just very simple. Yeah. Again, no URLs, no, no. Not, not ugly. No. People love it because they're like, everywhere I wear, people are, are laughing. Like, yeah. they think it's the greatest shirt ever. And so, again, you tap into what is it they want to wear and what is it that's going to make them feel good yeah. about having that on them and, and get away from this idea that, you have to put your phone number on their forehead, you know? I mean, yeah. like, give them something they want. Give them a good experience with your brand, yeah. and that's going to go a lot further um, than you just thinking about yourself and making sure they know who you are. Yeah. So what's next for, for Raven Tools? Well, the the nice thing about TapClicks, who, who's the new owner of them, is they have a lot of resources, mm-hmm. um, resources that we didn't have. And so they've been helping us hire new developers, um, we're starting to really uh, focus on on things we weren't able to focus on in the past as far as product goes. So we even have a awesome redesign that's happening that will be released in you know a few weeks. Mm, right. um, and it's amazing. I mean, like it's what I've wanted for a long time. And, and so uh, we did a lot of research, crunched a lot of data, and and I I really believe that the team made the right decision. So I'm I'm pretty pumped about it, both as an end user and just being associated with Raven. Uh, we're going to continue to add some more data connections and, 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 and really just start to look at areas that if we just improved it a little bit mm-hmm. would make it amazing, mm-hmm. um, make it very competitive. Um, so there's so much to the entire app uh, that, we've, that we've built out over the years. And it's just like, you know what, there's just a few things here and there that if you could kind of complete this workflow... Mm-hmm. Uh, make it easier for them to do certain things or give them this insight since we already have the data. We're just not showing the insight. Uh, it's going to make it way more powerful and way more worth the cost of, of having an account. So that's that's kind of where Raven is, is going. And then I'm, I'm also hoping 
um, thanks, you know, to again more resources that we can get side auditor going down the road again because we have a standalone side auditor, but we just haven't done a whole lot with it lately. It, it runs great. Uh, it works really well. It's not like it's been neglected, you know, in any way in that sense. But there's a ton of features I want to add. I mean, there's a ton of things that I think would really set it apart from what's out there today um, that nobody would have. So I'm pretty excited about about that. Um, and and then uh, it's really just getting everything on par with with how it works with TapClicks and. Uh, Raven is going to stay. I mean, it's a good brand. Yeah. Um, it it really fits a need in the market. Um, it's it's generally more of a um, small to medium sized agency mm-hmm. kind of need or marketeer, mm-hmm. and it it does what they need. And but one of the things that that really interested TapClicks was we have people who outgrow Raven. We have agencies that as they do really well and they grow need way more advanced features so an example of that would be we only connect to so many things in raven yeah. whereas taplex connects to like 100 170 or something everything right everything. we should probably t- i mean just for those that don't know just kind of give us the lowdown on on tap clicks because I, I think it's a, a phenomenal tool and it's always been when you want to do something a bit complicated it always seems to have a solution for it which is yeah great. you know their their goal is to deliver the complicated things in a simple way. Mm. So, so the idea, of course, is going to be that it's going to be simple for you to do, but what you're actually doing or what it's doing in the background is quite complicated. Mm. And so an example of that would be with Raven, if you want to report on AdWords and you want to report on Bing, you have to do those separately. Mm. And however, as you kind of grow and you get bigger, uh, you're using a lot of different paid services Mm. and whether it be AdWords and Bing or something well beyond that. Mm. And a lot of times people don't want to have those things reported separately. Mm. Uh, What they want is they want to know what is our, is our ad spend? What is our paid spend and how are we doing and how are we converting? So one of the very, very cool things that TapClicks does is it gives you the ability to combine all the data into one. Um, I think that's killer. Mm. And so I can, I can basically pull in Bing ads, AdWords, Facebook ads, and anything else, and I can, I can make them into one unified uh, you know, sort of data point mm-hmm. for each of the data points. And I can deliver that to whoever I need to and be like, this is where we are yeah. with all of our efforts. For those people who don't need to know the granular details. Yeah. And that, that's the other thing I thought was very good with it, which is you can dial stuff up for different teams. Mm-hmm. But have all the reports automated, which is great. That's exactly you know, for, yeah. For a larger organization, amazing to be able to do do that. So it's like Raven reports, but on steroids. <laughs> I mean, it's really what it is, and and it's it's pretty awesome. I yeah. mean, there's another feature they um, actually released shortly after they they acquired us um, that I think is amazing, and that is you can uh, you can take a PowerPoint template mm-hmm. that you customized that's branded and everything. And you can upload it to TapClicks, and then you can output automatic. You can automatically create your reports and automatically output it using your PowerPoint template. No, and then have it you know be sent to your client wow. or whoever. And it's just, I mean, to me, that's like in, a, in PowerPoint. It's, it's like a miracle. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and if I've learned anything over the years, it's uh, people want diversity in how they do their reporting, mm. how they deliver it, mm. uh, because. 
we tried to go down. We thought that the every everybody was at a place where they could just have responsive HTML reports, and we were wrong. Mm-hmm. And we had to correct that quickly and be like, okay, and here's your PDF reports again. Yeah. Um, and I think TapClicks always knew that that was the case, and so they have tons of different ways that you can output your reports because they know that their customers' clients prefer all kinds of different formats. And, and so, so again, it's like if you're using Raven, you get PDF yeah. or you get HTML. Yeah. And if you're using TapGlitch, it's like you get all these things, like all these different formats that you can output to um, that are based on your client, their clients' needs. Yeah. So. Great. Well, John, it's been fascinating talking to you. And uh, we wish you the very best of luck with the up-and-coming launch. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Target Internet. If you'd like to get more information on the show, get hold of back issues of this podcast, or get details on any of the links we mentioned, please visit our website at www.targetinternet.com. If you've enjoyed the show, we would love to read your feedback. Please rate us in iTunes or even better, write us a review. Or if you have any questions, please get in touch. We'd love to help.